0: Everybody, it's Dave here from Vikings First and Skull, and welcome to another episode of Who Will Be King, where we delve into the world of the NFC North. Today, we pose a question that has been on the minds of many: Will the loyal fans of the Detroit Lions have to endure endure another thirty-plus years just to wait on another record loss? It's been a long road for the Detroit Lions, and since their last conference championship in 1991, and they did it again this season, the recent game against the 49ers was a roller coaster, with the Lions leading by 17 points at halftime, only to have the 49ers fight back with 27 unanswered points. This had never been done in an NFC championship game before the end game, a heart wrenching 34 to 31 defeat for the lions. It makes us wonder Would the outcome would have, if it would have been different, if the game was played on their home field in Detroit, if the officials hadn't messed up the call, In Dallas on week 17. Let's delve into this and more as we dissect the game and the fans' reactions, especially those from Detroit. All next on this Fans First Sports Network's very own NFC North Roundup show. Who will be king? Let the battles begin. Hey, everybody, it's Dave here once again from Vikings First and Skull, and I have an audio issue of some sort. Anyways, we're going to try to go press through. Today, we're talking, in particular, the NFC Championship game. And to start that off, the longest-lasting team in the NFC North the one that won the NFC North, the Detroit lions, June Foster. What did you think of the game? Foss?
1: I mean, overall, it was a very competitive game. We got off to an amazing start. We were running at will. We had the big play from Jamison Williams. Um, we, we had to, we had their backs against the wall. Uh, I feel like I saw, I don't want to say fear in the eyes of Shanahan, but he looked a, a bit frazzled by the, what was going on. They were able to hold us to a field goal at the end of the half, I and then they like I saw, I
2: don't
1: want to say Ooh. fear, but uh, we were, they were able to hold us at the end of the second half and they let us have it in the second half. They. Like Dave said, they had 27 unanswered points. We were not able to uh, convert on a few fourth down, questionable fourth down situations. We fumbled the ball. Caffrey got active, was one of my biggest fears, and we just weren't able to overcome the uh, the onslaught in the second half.
2: Got to play four quarters of football. Period. Point blank. Play two very good quarters and the second half he didn't play he didn't show up and that defense that I was worried about was on the field that second half so uh, yeah it's just what it is it's a tale of two halves and they had a better second half than we had uh, in the first so they won
3: but how did you all feel about the controversial kick the field goal or not kick the field goal decisions from your head coach
2: it's we're used to it, man. He does this all the time. Uh, the thing is, the plays were there. They were uh, both two drops by Josh, by Josh Reynolds. I mean, Ugh. if he makes those catches, we don't we don't fuss. You know what I'm saying? So you can't have it both ways. You, we have a coach that gambles a lot, and when you gamble and make it, you love him. And when you gamble and miss, you hate him. You, you just can't have it both ways. Uh, I, you know, I don't, you know, we would like him to be more selective, but we got what we got.
1: So yeah, he kind of contradicted himself in the in the first half when he. I, I think we had the momentum to go for it at the end of the half when we decided to kick the field goal, and I think some of us were at, at a sigh of relief, like okay, I think he's learning from the mistakes he made in the past. So when we kick the field goal, and you know kicked the field goal, and then we took a couple of those chances in the second half. When we were, when the momentum wasn't there, it was it was like ah, maybe that wasn't the time to do it. But but like June said, he put you know based upon the the play that Ben Johnson chose or whoever made that decision, he put us in a position to to convert, and it was two very uncharacteristic drops by Reynolds and uh, ultimately was a part of choosing our, our fate in that fate in that game. So I, yeah, I, I can't, um, I, I think that he could have played it better and it's also really easy to, to look at things from the hindsight and say, well, he dropped it. So we shouldn't, cause that's, Of course, you can say that now.
2: Man, there's too many happy people on this line. I mean, they hate the Lions that bad.
1: Oh, I'm not even, I'm not even, I'm not
2: even. Bro, cost (laughs) you a Super Bowl likely? How about make the playoffs likely? How about do that? I want to answer some of this stuff. Ego? Who has an ego? He's been coaching this way the whole season, even last season. Come on, man! Let's he did die. this.
1: He 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 coached that way when we were three and thirteen, and he had no exactly stain in the league. So exactly, mm, I Wow,
0: that's uh, your fans as a whole were they disappointed? Oh, for
2: sure. Oh yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Oh man, you think it was a,
2: a a funeral? They they were. I've seen fans on TV. I mean, on the the. The social medias cry. I mean, they really believed that it was a Super Bowl bound team and a Super Bowl winning team this year. It's a lot of people that 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 actually bought into, regardless of what they've seen. They just knew this was the year. You know,
1: it is what it, it is. It, I mean, didn't, it didn't help that we got off to such a good start.
2: Stuff like this happens with the Lions. I've been saying it all year long. It's, it's the ultimate letdown. It's like we've been enduring this. It's like me and Foster don't get too ahead of ourselves when we come when it comes to talking about these games and predicting these games because we know what it, what can happen. And Sunday was one of those things where, you know, it, stuff happens.
0: Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Hey. Talking about the letdowns, we mm-hmm. want to welcome you to the crowd of the NFC North that have been through many of those, whether it be the <laughs> Chicago Bears, the Vikings, or even the Green Bay Packers, especially against the 49ers.
3: Yeah, those 49ers have been terrorizing the whole division for a while now, huh?
0: But <laughs> mm-hmm. that is what it is. But we do want to congratulate you to get that far. You ended up with the 29th pick in the draft. You can say you made it to the NFC Championship game. And next topic, which we'll get into, there's some good news on that end for the Detroit Lions. But before we go there, I want to start with Pay, our man from the Bear Claw Podcast, out of Chicago. It looks like, from what I've seen, the Bears are in a wholesale. Rebuild, not of the team, but of their coaching staff. Other than Eberflus, what has happened this week? I counted what, 183 new coaches, something like that.
3: We probably still need to hire some more because you know, as you said, the Bears have been rebuilding for quite a while. Uh, yes, we did hire a defensive coordinator this past week. Um, I believe he's going to continue down with the Eberflus plan of attack, which I guess that for for cohesive purposes, that's a good thing. Um, As you saw, the defense was totally different in the second half of the season. And if Eberflus is comfortable handing over the reins to him, then that's perfect. Um, From what we understand, Eberflus is going to continue to call the plays um, during the season. Now, If that's all good and well, I would prefer him to take a step back further and just be just be the CEO of the team, and not have his hand in um, uh, game script as as it as it relates. But you know, when you you're pretty much a lame duck like him, you know he's got to do what he's got to do. You know, so hey, we're we're putting the pieces together now. We can start focusing on drafting the next iteration of this team that we hope to challenge the Lions for the division coming up in 2024.
0: Yeah, and I've figured the Lions are the team to beat in this one. Now, when I did my research, you guys have hired offensive coordinator Shane Walden, Waldron, defensive coordinator, like you said, Eric Wa- Washington, quarterbacks coach, Kerry Joseph, running backs coach, Chad Morton, wide receivers coach, Chris Berry, passing game coordinator, coordinator thomas brown and assistant o-line coach jason Hottailing. any of those guys especially uh, you're talking waldron and washington do you expect to help especially most of them are offensive guys what do you expect to come out of the offense and do any of them point to where you're going to go in the draft
3: that's the fascinating thing Uh, None of these hires make any type of a direct line towards any of the quarterbacks. That's Justin or Caleb Williams. So that is an amazing job from Ryan poles. I think it's as best, he keeps his cards close to his chest. Uh, Don't make any, any sudden moves, take it one day at a time, get all the information you need from both quarterbacks and then make a decision at, you know, at, Close, close to the midnight as you can. If you remember last year, he pretty much let it be known around the league that the number one pick was up for sale on this day, February 1st, 2023. He hasn't done that yet. I'm still, still crossing fingers that he doesn't. So if everything continues going, going according to plan, now they got their staff in order. Let's start doing the, doing the work and start scouting. He ain't like, we haven't had Caleb Williams pro day yet. We haven't interviewed him at once yet. Let's continue to move towards that. If Caleb Williams takes himself out of the running and, you know, just doesn't seem like a, a right fit for the coaches now then perfect. We can, you know, sell off that asset and build a team from up from where we have now, but you don't know that until everybody has a look at them. So it's a great, it's been a, not a bad week for the bears and, you know, very short on bad weeks so far in the last year. So let's continue, continue that uh, momentum.
0: Well, I think we're all going to be waiting for when Caleb Williams, Drake may, and Jaden Daniels have their pro days. And then we're just going to be interesting to see who of the bears are there. That may tip off the direction you're going. If they're smart, they'll be at all three, but it's interesting to see. And also if they're at, uh, The wide receivers, as well, or defensive tackle, or you know somebody, something to throw off the scent.
3: I agree. Um, You got it. You got to play the game, right, Dave? You gotta let you gotta gotta, yeah, let everybody in the league know, think that hey, I'm interested in whomever, and that's that's how you drive that price up. And we 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 like inflation this time of year.
0: (laughs) I bet you do. I know uh, I, one of the ESPN writers did uh what would it take for the Vikings to trade up for the number one pick? And it was three firsts and three seconds. It was, wow. uh, ouch. I
3: would take, I would take that. Uh, three firsts and three. And,
0: I'm and, sure and, you three would, babe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The good news coming out of Detroit, oh, you guys kept your coordinators. Did you expect yeah. that? I really? expected to
2: keep Aaron Glenn, unless he was going to be removed, I expected Ben Johnson to take a job somewhere.
0: Well, and uh, well, that's good news for you. They so kept both Ben Johnson and Aaron Glenn. Yeah. And run it back. Her, the rumor was that uh, Ben Johnson was asking too much. Any truth to that? About a month ago, he,
2: there was, I don't know, if it was a quote, but they were saying that he, his asking price was 15 million a year, which was no, there's only a couple coaches, Pete Carroll, uh, Belichick that's, that was getting that kind of money. And there's no way a rookie coach would get that. So, uh, they said that he had asked for that much, but they said the reason being is that would he had no plans of leaving. And that's what it would take for him to leave. He couldn't turn anything like that down. So mm-hmm. I don't know what, if that's how much weight that holds, though.
0: Because I didn't see any quote well, from him. It's one way to take himself out of the running. Mm-hmm. If he actually wanted to stay in Detroit. Saying, hey, pay me three times or, what you would, a rookie head coach, and I'll come coach. Otherwise. Or it could be a give an offer.
2: It could be a negotiation ploy. Maybe you know you're not going to get 15, but you could get eight or nine because you're asking so high and you might not be expecting eight or nine. So if I ask for 15, he say, wait a minute, well, we can do eight or nine, but so it could, you know, it could be that as well. But um, I was very surprised because there was reports saying that he was going to, to the, the Washington commanders after the season uh, I heard a Seattle rumor uh, the week of uh, just last week. So,
0: okay. You guys did hire one coach this week, Terrell Williams, D line coach. Be the defensive run coordinator and D line coach. Yeah. You think that's going to help? Uh, if he can help Cam Sutton on the. <laughs> hey, it's, I think that's one of your. Uh, what are your weaknesses or that could be, you know, areas for improvement is just that. And I think it's a good hire for you guys.
2: Yeah, I think it's a good hire. I like There's a, there's a couple of glaring issues on that defense. Uh, me and Foster have been talking about it all year. So uh, uh, the defensive line, getting a defensive uh, run coordinator or defensive line coach uh, may be able to help. Your corners are, can be... Your defensive line can actually make or break your corners according to the pass rush and and, and getting home. So tell me about it. <laughs> so <laughs> so hopefully hopefully uh hopefully this uh this free agency period is good to us as far as addressing
0: some more needs. Well, when it comes to Vikings coaches, one, we need a defensive line coach. Ours left towards three quarters of the into the season to take a head coaching job, I think at Purdue or someplace like that. And uh, that's one of the holes we have. But we have not hired anybody on the Vikings uh, to the state that I've seen. We did retrain two people that I did not want to lose. And that is our wide receivers coach, Keenan McCardell. I was afraid he was going to get sniped to become a offensive coordinator somewhere. He deserves that. He's that good. But I'm glad he stays because, hey, he's an outstanding wide receivers coach. Secondly, we retained Brian Flores for the second year because he got zero interest across the league as a head coach candidate, whether that has to do with his lawsuit against the league or what, or the fact that, you know, he had our defense so good up until we started losing people due to injury. I don't know, but I'm glad that he is saying as well. Now, when it comes to our friends that are sandwiched in between us, to the east (laughs) of the Vikings, to the west of the Lions, to the north of the Bears, the Cheezers up in Green Bay, the Packers did have some coaching news this last week. They have hired a new defensive coordinator, Jeff Hafley, the former head coach of Boston College. Now I love BC Eagles. It was one of the teams one of the schools I visited at the end of my junior year. A buddy of mine was being uh recruited to play down there. He was a, he was a guard and we went down there and went on the campus, and it, it was just wonderful sights everywhere. It was fabulous. Anyways, Halfley was hired to be the head coach. He had basically a 500-ish record first year, 500-ish record second year, horrible record third year, and then this last year was the fourth, but it was right around 500. And his seat was getting super-duper hot, as we all know, and he was probably going to get fired. Well, so what makes him an expert to become a defensive coordinator in Green Bay? Well, it's not what you know. It's who you know. He comes from a defensive back background. That's where he cut his chops. But he is the friend, reportedly, of Matt LaFleur. And so if you know Matt LaFleur, hey, buddy, I need a new job. Can you Hire me, and that's the way it looks. How it will go for the Packers, well, you know, we won't find out until next season. Hopefully, it goes miserably, but (laughs) it's going to be interesting to see. Also, this week, they had their GM, uh, Brian Gutikoot, have his end of the season press conference, and he believes that the versatility of the defensive front that Halfley will bring, will pay dividends. We'll see. We'll find out. And he, Gutekunst, also said he expects the Packers to be in the Super Bowl in 2024. Well, Brian, you may be smoking a little bit too much of that cheese, and it's gone to your head. But we'll find out in 2024 when we battle to take the crown from the Detroit Lions any comment
3: pay on uh, what do you think the packers did uh I, i'm i'm not uh i mean i think it's like more of a more of a move point for me uh it's not a bad move but uh definitely one that they 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 needed to make they did need an, uh, a new direction coming from the defensive side so but uh, with all that said you know how much of it will will it Will it work, how much of it will it be a success? We we'll have to see that as you said, see it when it happens in the season, but I mean they did they did need a new voice um a lot of times during the season their defense was lost if not just stuck in the mud um so the right was on the wall um but yeah i i unless we can unless we we won't know i guess how it will play out on the field until. You know, free agent kicks off the draft. See, you know, see what they can do on the field. But as of right now, I think it's more of a like, wait and see approach for that. On my, on my opinion for them.
0: Yeah, we'll wait, we'll see, and we'll hear the fans from that state espouse on it all during the offseason, as we normally do. We're used to it, right, June? You gave me that look. You're right. all right that brings us to what's happening this week right it's the all-star game week we have one going today the Shriner Bowl and there's supposedly about 10 teams or 10 players down there that are NFL worthy and Chicago has their part of I think their defensive staff down there helping coach there and then we also have the senior bowl going on down in Mobile, Alabama, where Vikings first and skulls very own. Tyler Fornis is reporting daily from it as he evaluates college players and run up for the draft for not only Vikings, but all teams coming up. He's looking at all sorts of players. How does your team use these all-star games and the preparations, the practices thereof? For preparation for the draft, June. Do you know? I Have no idea. Okay, Foster. <laughs> what was the question again? How does how do the Lions view these all star game all star games? I'm sure they've got people down there. I don't know who, um, whether it be the GM, whether it be coaches, scouts. How do they use like the Senior Bowl in particular, but also the Shrine Bowl? To evaluate talent and get ready for the draft,
1: I, I don't know like specifically. I mean, I would, I would assume they definitely take that opportunity to you know talk to them, you know, evaluate not just their skill set but also you know where their where their heads at. But um,
2: Dave, yeah, have you paid attention to the Lions' draft the last ten years? I, I can sum it up in a in a couple short sentences. Usually, top seven, eight picks. <laughs> take the best player available
0: or a tight end.
2: That's usually. Uh,
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's true. But uh, you've done well here recently. That's why I was curious. Last year was a very good draft, even though I
2: didn't agree with any of your picks at the time, but last year was a very good draft. Uh, But usually it's your, the Lions are, for instance, I think when you go to the senior bowl and the shrine bowl to look at talent, those are picks that are usually uh, you have to do your homework on uh, as far as, you know, later on in the first round or something like that, because the, the cream of the crop aren't playing in those games. They're playing, they're getting ready for the combine. And that's what, that's what the, uh, and we haven't picked at 29 and I don't know, God knows when. It's usually a top ten pick. So as far as going to I don't have probably never sent anyone to the Shrine Bowl. You haven't picked a twenty
0: nine since nineteen ninety one.
2: So um, it's it,
0: hey it's unfamiliar oh. territory. <laughs> Pam, uh, who have you guys got down there? I know you've got a defensive staff down at the shrine bowl, but you've also got folks down at Mobile.
3: Yeah, we're sending all the, all, all the, uh, coaching staff to one of the, one of the games. You said the defensive staff going to the shrine. Um, offensive guys, and I believe Ryan Pose is going with them, are going to the, uh, the other, other games. I'm not sure if they're going to split up and do it, do any other, like, special scouting, but from all, all signs point to the all hands on deck, which is a, If you got two years in a row, you have the number one pick. You have no excuse not to have boots on the ground, scouting everybody.
0: (laughs) Right. And, you know, the first pick obviously isn't there. Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels are not there. Right. J.J. McCarthy isn't even. But it gets you all that. Who are we picking in the second? Who are we picking in the third and the fourth? Right. Right the day two and day three picks right? that are so important that could mean something. For me, I love watching the, the lineman drills, right? The, the one-on-ones, who's doing pass rushing, how's the tackle doing against the pass rusher, how's the guard doing, how's the center doing, seeing uh, Devontae Sweat just totally destroy a center. You know, things like that is what I get all excited about. And so – that's what I use this time for is to we're starting to get the notion of what players are where, where we're going to start slotting them, right? Who to look for. Yeah. You could do a billion mock drafts, right? And you can figure out this is how whoever be a PFF or draft tech or whoever you're doing the mock draft with figures, they're going to rack and stack. But this is where you get in your mind. I really liked Player X in his style. I liked how he did this. I liked how he used his hands, how he locked down, how somebody ran a route, right? There was a kid from Michigan, the wide receiver, that's taking it by storm
3: down in Mobile.
0: And it's just beating everybody. And it's like everybody didn't think, hey, this kid wasn't a first-round talent. Well, he's up in his draft stock. The cornerbacks down there, Pennix, Knicks, they're not doing so well. So, um, especially Knicks. Penix is doing okay. Knicks is not. But it's interesting to see how these guys are doing as we run up to, we'll go through free agency, but as we run up to the draft, which is a big part of Fans First Sports Network, the network is going to be doing tons and tons of shows across the channel, whether it be FFSN, NFL, whether it be your particular team, they'll be doing draft shows, um, getting ready for, talking about prospects. I'm surprised, pay you haven't done a deep dive on Caleb Evans yet.
3: You mean Caleb Caleb Williams or Caleb Williams?
0: Yeah, Caleb well, oh. well, Evans plays for me. Anyways, number.
3: <laughs> I was going to say, are we? Are are you uh, uh, making a prophecy towards us making going to get, going to get one of your guys? Yeah, maybe. One of our corners. <laughs> as long as we don't have to trade off of one of our first round picks, you know, maybe, maybe. Maybe we can use them. Um, but no, on the uh, on the bear claw DBC, we are doing a series this whole offseason up uh, leading up to the draft, Justin versus Caleb. And, you know, we're gonna attack it from all angles. I B and mm-hmm. my co hosts are debating it. We're having uh guests inter- interviewers come in and debate the topic you know, those from across the FFSN network, some who are interested in getting one of those quarterbacks from us. Um, I'm doing street interviews all through Chicago and, you know, we're getting, oh, we getting the pulse for how yeah, it's a lot, a lot, a lot of people have a passionate takes on this, on this topic, as you can imagine. Um, yeah, we're getting all, we're getting the pulse of how Bear Nation feels on this because it is, for you know, and I'm not underselling this. This is the uh, the biggest topic of the NFL offseason.
0: That's cool. Uh, June Foster, do you guys get into the draft? Is this coming up, or do we need to hold your hands and bring you along? No, no, no. Nah, we are
2: into, yeah. into it. Let me let me. I, this I gotta add. I gotta answer this. I gotta answer one of these comments here, Mister uh, Delton Vincent. You uh, said. <laughs> This guy would take Gibbs over Jalen Carter. Ha ha ha. I'm going to tell you something. I would definitely, I was definitely upset about the draft, about the trading down and not picking Jalen Carter. Foster can attest to that. I was disappointed. However, I'm not mad at what happened uh, afterwards and through it all. I'm very glad that Gibbs was, was here. I mean, what we needed was an edge rusher, not a tackle. So that plays a big part of why probably why they picked Gibbs. I cannot can you, complain
1: about it. I'm sorry. Can, can you imagine what we would be like without Jameer Gibbs? It I mean we out had pretty good. So and we had a lot of running backs get hurt. We had uh Bam Carter and uh we had guys quit you know, we had we would have been in trouble. That's all I can really say. If we, if if, if you take away Jameer, James.
2: I was an advocate of Jason Carter, uh, Jalen Carter, get Jalen Carter. And when they traded down, I was probably the most upset. Just, just, uh, just mad about it. But the results, <laughs> I, I, I can't argue with the results. Now, as far as this draft, it's here in Detroit. Me and Foster will be in the building. Uh, it's uh, it's good to, to, to see up front what's going on, but I think the people that I would like to see at the draft, and I'm wrong every year as far as what we should get and what we're going to get, so it doesn't really matter. But uh, I think the the player in particular that I like to see at the draft, uh, the Lions will get, I don't think he'll be there at 29.
0: Well, since you're gonna be there, now they won't allow you to broadcast live. I'd say do the NFC North Who Will Be King Show live. You guys (laughs) Mm. be live there. I I mean I I mean with our
2: phones we might be able to, you know.
0: Be be awesome. Uh, Oh, that's cool. Well, guys, that's all I had planned for today's show. And I'm dealing with this echo which is driving me absolutely batty. Is there any last words? <laughs> June Foster, are you over the the loss as of yet? And are you getting starting to get psyched up for the offseason?
2: I it I was over it by Tuesday. Um I to be honest, I didn't think the defense was a Super Bowl caliber defense. So uh it's just the way you lose that game is what hurt the most. Like, I wasn't surprised at the result, but to be up 24 to 7 and to be down 10 in the second half is, is sickening. So, uh, I got over it pretty fast. It was just more so, uh, the way, you know, the game went as far as losing, uh, losing, as far as, far as being up 17. That, 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 that bothers me. But I was over it by
0: Monday or Tuesday. That's because you're old like me, June, and we've been through
1: a lot of this. Yeah, <laughs> Foster, you feeling better yet? Have you gone through yeah, the yeah? I stages mean, stages of grief. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that I, I would share the sentiments of it's, it's kind of the way it went that it happened that makes it so tough, and, and the fact that we were um, in the ball game, and ironically, you know, with the defense not being a Super Bowl defense, it was more so the. Offense that kind of burned us in the game with the turnovers and the um, and the not being able to convert us convert on fourth down and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I definitely had to kind of step away from social media a little bit and get away from all the you know couch GMs and and, and people that had had to say what they needed to say about the coaching and um, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I'm definitely excited about the about. Um, The draft coverage and um, just the simple fact that we we don't have uh, we don't have as many needs as glaring needs as we had in the past where we were just kind of like get the best available guy, whether he's a receiver, a tight end. We can narrow things down more so this year and focus on um, on the the biggest things, which is, you know, the edge rusher and cornerback and. And the free agency, I'm really excited about free agency as well, because that starts before um, the draft, I believe. So that that'll help. That'll help. Our clarity even more being able to, you know, because I think we had Montgomery before we even had Gibbs, which is why people were so were scratching their heads so much about it. It's like, Oh, we just got our number one guy. So um, but I have full trust in what Brad Holmes Um, we'll do, and I'm excited. I
0: mean, yeah, I'm excited. That's cool. You're right. Free agency comes first, and we'll build up to both. You know, the draft process starts this week, basically, with the Cedar Bowl. They like to say that. But the free agency happens March 13th, and between now uh, down in Mobile and possibly a little bit up in Dallas for the Shrine Bowl, there's a little bit of talking. How many oranges would you give me for X player? You know, type of deals going on. That will continue up until we get through uh, the Combined. And there it goes into full force. Not that they, you know, tamper with stuff like that. It's uh, They're just talking hypotheticals. How many oranges for apples or this, or that, whatever. But it all builds up and comes together. But yes, free agency... Like we've always said, fill the holes of immediate need with that and then draft for talent to build up the rest. And, yes, 100%, and free agency is going to be fun. And you guys are good for cap space. I don't think you're quite as good as Chicago um, on that. Not only are they pick rich, they're also rich when it comes to cap space. Unlike the Green Bay Packers are in the hole and they got to make some money. Um, What are you excited about coming forward there, Pay?
3: Yeah, I I like that you brought that up. We do have a lot of cap space. We should have a cut. We should have at least 15 million more by the time free agency starts because there's some guys we need to cut. Expeditiously, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say their names, but you know, if you've been following the DBC, we've been talking about them all season. But you know what? They need not to come back out for week five, six, wow. seven,
1: eight. <laughs> nine. That's
3: early hey, there's season. It's been some disgusting play. We started 0 and 5, so uh, yeah, it, it, it did start that early. There's some, guys, there's some guys, three of them on the offensive line, um, a few of them are in the backs, uh, the back end of the defense, but. We go ahead and get rid of them. You can free up about $15 million more million in cap space, and we can have some room to play. Um, we had the most money last offseason going into the free agency, and Pose didn't – he wasn't daddy Warbucks like we expect him to be. We need, to do, we need it this season. We need it this season. No more time to wait. No more time to wait. Everybody's, everybody's job is on the line. Let's, uh, let's kick this into overdrive, make some smart decisions during the draft. Um, no more trading back and then and then, you know, making ho hum picks. No more of that. Let's make splashes. Let's sign let's sign some uh let's sign some some good veterans out there, some some nice deals. Let's get it done.
0: Well, I think that's what brings you closer to Detroit than we'll get. We have some cap space, but it's I hope to free up even more. But whether we can go or not, I don't know. We'll find out. Well, folks, I want to thank everybody that's been watching today, mostly my crew from Vikings versus Goal. If there's anybody else, hey, welcome to the show. We do this every week. We love to talk to the NFC North. It was just my turn to host it this week. And you can always find us here. There's fun jabbing between all of us. We'd love, love, and we mean that from our hearts, to have a Green Bay Packers representative. If you know anybody that does podcasts, would like to get into the podcasts, point them towards Fans First Sports Network, and so that we can vet them and then join this crew. I've already got a five person screen set up so we can have a man in the middle. Anyways, <laughs> we'd love to have them. <laughs> With that, what do we say? Pay? Bear down we say on the Viking side. go Vikings. What did the Lions say? A little toilet boy. That was better. All right. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. <laughs> See you next week. Like, subscribe, and rate us on your favorite podcast aggregator. Thank you for listening to this NFC North group effort on the Fans First Sports Network. This has been a The Bear Claw Podcast. Bleachers to Speakers. Vikings First and Skull. And of course, the Fans First Sports Network production. Thank you for listening.